This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. From the 16, Ben will go deep down the far sideline. He's got his man. That ball is caught by Claypool. And Claypool to the end zone for the touchdown. This is BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, with the Joes, Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio from BetQL. Welcome back. It is BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Next hour, Brad Powers will join us talk all things college football as we're getting closer and closer to real, actual football. Well, I mean, it's real and actual when it's even the preseason, which we'll talk about a lot tomorrow as week two of the preseason begins. Last week here in Philadelphia, I was watching the Steelers play against the Eagles in preseason. So I saw some of the Steelers, but let's get a, a better feel from the Steelers' perspective, from the Pittsburgh perspective, all things Steelers and some NFL. Colin Dunlap, he's from 93.7, the fan out in Pittsburgh, part of the morning show there. Colin, uh, welcome to the show. And we saw some news yesterday about Chase Claypool. Give us the latest there. Uh, is, is the uh, second-year receiver for the Steelers going to be okay? Yeah, he is. And thank you, Joe. I appreciate it. Um, great to be with you. Uh, he's going to be okay. He tweeted not long after that he just had twisted his ankle or he tweeted he was okay. And then uh, reporters said deduced that he had just twisted his ankle. But I think it does bring something into focus in that James Washington had demanded a trade, uh, not demanded, but asked for a trade, his agent did, about a week before. And it's precisely why you hold on to a guy like James Washington, who's not great, but he's not terrible but he does serve the purpose as a very good fourth receiver. I mean, guys are going to get dinged up and he, he has more value to be the Steelers fourth receiver than someone that you can fetch something in a trade right now. And if something were to happen to Claypool or to Juju Smith Schuster to Deontay Johnson, you could plug James Washington and it could be more than serviceable, but Claypool right now is a big dog and not just a big dog for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think he's on the cusp of being a pretty big dog in the NFL. So They've got to protect him at all costs. And uh, But to, to your initial question, it looks like he's going to be okay. I think it's just a, a sprained ankle. You know, Colin, looking throughout that, you know, we're talking about the receiving core right there. What about the guy that's thrown to him, Ben Roethlisberger? There's been a lot of talk about the shape that he showed up to this year. He's had some issues with his arm over the last couple of years. What is it looking like if something happened to Ben Roethlisberger? Is there anything that's going to be done for this team this season, or are they just going to be floundering? Uh, is there any expectation out of him to kind of come back to form? Well, if, if Ben Roethlisberger, if something happens to Ben Roethlisberger, they better play Dwayne Haskins because he's a hell of a lot better than uh, Mason Rudolph, I'll tell you that, and the ceiling's at least higher. Um, and they didn't bring him here to sit on the bench if something happens. That's that's number one. But if something does happen to Ben Roethlisberger, I'm pretty sure that this team is at best a 500 team. With Ben Roethlisberger, it is, it's interesting. I don't know how you guys feel. I feel like this team has the greatest potential to – has the greatest swing to it. The Pittsburgh Steelers could win 12 games, they could win six games, and it wouldn't surprise me. Um, 
But with Roethlisberger, there's a new offensive coordinator in Matt Canada who's very successful in a couple other places that he'd been, particularly in the college game. Um, Roethlisberger's going to get back to something that he was previously. He's going to get under center some. He's going to run play action. He's going to turn his back uh, to the linebackers a little bit, and he's going to become a ball handler some out of some short shotgun stuff where they're going to have pre-snap motion. Um, ben is going to be asked to do some things that he previously did not and, and throw on the run just a little bit. I think it sets up to be very good for Ben if he buys all the way in. And to this point, he has bought all the way in. I, I think they're set up to be pretty darn good if the line can do anything. And that's a gigantic question with the Steelers right now. Colin Dunlap joining us here, 93.7 The Fan out in Pittsburgh, part of the morning show there. Colin, what are the expectations among the fan base in Pittsburgh? It's interesting. I agree with you, the, the variance here with Pittsburgh. And, and I lean towards this being a more difficult year for them. I know it's a fool's errand to bet against Mike Tomlin because he always wins. They're, they're almost, I mean, they're never bad with Mike Tomlin. But I, I could see this thing toppling the wrong way. Are fans still optimistic and expecting like, hey, we won the division last year. We could do it again. Or, or is there worry in Pittsburgh about the 2021 Steelers? Joe, come on. Is there worry? They could win 52 to three and people bitch about the field goal kicked against them. Um, so there's always worry. That's just what it is. And people are, are negative by nature here. Um, I mean, I think people in this town largely think um, – I think they think that the Steelers are probably just above a 500 team, but if they lose one game, people will think that they're a one in 16 team. Um, I, I think Najee Harris though, that's something that's been an X factor um, in all of this in what Najee Harris has done to kind of dispel their fears in terms of, you know, what they didn't don't have out of the running back position with, with James Conner being gone. Uh, I think, I honestly think it's it started out as a lot of negativity when they were able to get Najee Harris in the draft to turn into some positivity. But if they lose two or three in a row, this people are going to be ready to to light the city on fire. You know, you're mentioning the temperature of the fan base. You know, we just finished talking about um, certain odds that are going on with the Pittsburgh, which, one of which being plus mm-hmm. three twenty to finish fourth in the AFC North. Uh, yeah. what do you think about that potential bet? Is that something that you think that could really come into play? Could this team actually, you know, be worse than the Bengals? They can't be worse than the Bengals. I would, I, I think it's worth throwing a couple bucks on and here's why. Um, couldn't the Ravens season totally depend on this vaccination and their quarterback not getting it? I mean, I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm wild about this or maybe I'm crazy about this. But if your most important player and one of the most important players in the NFL, and we have like nobody knows what's going on with COVID, no matter what they say, they just they don't. Um, And if the if Lamar Jackson is unwilling and hasn't gotten the vaccination to this point, it is not just a week by week proposition. It's like a day by day proposition there. That's why I don't necessarily Baltimore to me. I can't call it if he's if he hasn't gotten the vaccination. Do I believe in Cleveland? Uh, I don't know. Their quarterback was very good last year. Can he keep that up? And I think we forget that the Pittsburgh Steelers won the division last year. I'm not trying to be Homer, but I would go the other way. I think the Steelers have a better chance to sneak their way into having a decent season and by virtue of that finishing near the top of the division than being overtaken by the Bengals and the Steelers finishing last in the division. 
Yeah, it's interesting, Colin. And I agree with the um, the, the uncertainty with Lamar Jackson and his un- seemingly un- the unwillingness to get the vaccine. Look, none of us are doctors or we really don't get what the heck's going on. We're just doing the best we can. But the one thing I know is, like, if he just got COVID again in July, I, I don't know about antibodies or any of that stuff, but we the season's long, right? It's it's six, seven months long. Like, he, he could certainly get it again. Like, it's a problem for him or any quarterback that doesn't want to do it. Kirk Cousins, we know about that. Uh, out in Minnesota. Colin, let me ask you about long-term in this division, the quarterbacks. You mentioned Lamar. There's Baker, who will probably get paid by Cleveland, and there's Joe Burrow, really good rookie year coming off the injury. Which one scares you the most moving forward? Obviously, Pittsburgh needs to find their next franchise quarterback. The other three teams seem to have one in place. Long-term, which quarterback worries you the most? Who do you think has the brightest future? Baker, Burrow, Lamar? Burrow. Um, without hesitation, I think it's Joe Burrow. I think that the money's going to be skewed with both other guys because of what happened in Dallas and what happened in Buffalo. I think that both Cleveland and Baltimore are going to overpay uh, for their quarterback because of both, both situations that I just mentioned in Dallas and in Buffalo, uh, Joe Burrow provided he comes back from this injury. I mean, I mean, this, there can be an addendum item to this. I might totally change my answer after three weeks this year. If Joe Burrow can't come back from this injury. Well, but if you just look at the raw talent and look at what he has in, even see what he did in limited action last year with just a bunch of tomato cans in front of him as an offensive lineman, as offensive lineman, he has the most pure talent I, as a quarterback, I think, and as a pro quarterback, when you measure those three. The Steelers have the most tenured quarterback in the division, one of the most tenured quarterbacks in the league. You can make a claim they are in by far the worst shape um, in terms of the quarterback uh, situation in the AFC North. And you can make a claim it's not even close. But if you ask me who I'm afraid of in terms of one quarterback in the AFC North, it's Joe Burrow first. Well, you mentioned that. You mentioned those you know, young quarterbacks, Mayfield, Burrow, Jackson, in that division. And you guys still have Roethlisberger. And we're talking about whether or not this team is even going to be able to compete in its own division. Do you think it would be better right now for this team to just kind of punt on the season, get ready to maybe get a better draft pick, and maybe find your next franchise quarterback? Or do you not think there's anything in this upcoming draft that can even help? The only way that would have happened is if they would have talked Ben Roethlisberger out of not coming back. The moment that he said he was coming back, there's no punting on the season because it's just it's not it's not in them with Ben Roethlisberger being there. And the defense is, to be quite frank, the defense is, is too good. They just went out and they acquired Schobert, right, to insulate with, with um, Devin Bush. They have Joe Hayden on the outside. They, have, they still have Cam Hayward and Stephon Tewitt. And, I mean, they they're, have Mika Fitzpatrick, who's one of the better players in the league in the back end, and T.J. Watt's about to sign a mega deal. They'll never punt as long as they have a defense that's that good and Mike Tomlin's a defensive coach. So the only way it was going to happen was if Ben didn't come back. Um, but here's the thing with the Steelers, and it's a really good point you bring up. They're kind of in a no-man's land as long as Ben is around. They're ne- I don't think they'll ever be good enough with what they have to win a, a Super Bowl again with Ben, but they'll never be bad enough to draft a good quarterback because Ben will never let them finish with like three or four wins. They're at least going to win like eight games or so, seven or eight games. So you're stuck kind of in a no-man's land. That's why I think it was a smart move to go get Haskins, who could potentially be the next starter if he if he gets better in his time here. But they are kind of in a purgatory, and, and they're, they're kind of stuck. 
Colin, 25 days out from the season opener at Buffalo Sunday Night Football. Steelers plus seven is the line right now on FanDuel. Early lean, Steelers with the points, or is Buffalo too good? Buffalo's too good right now. You know, something something could happen, but if you ask me right now and held me, it held me down at Buffalo, Buffalo's coming back. People are going to be bonkers up there. Um, there'll be a bunch of pregame ceremony stuff in terms of, you know, what they did to kind of get through the AFC and how good they were, or the playoff run they had and how good they were and the people all excited and jazzed up to be back. Buffalo wins that game by nine points. You know, looking at this season going forward after, uh, you know, preseason ends and we go into the season, what would you consider a successful season for this Steelers team this year? Or if anything other than a Super Bowl, a failure? Well, in Pittsburgh, anything other than a Super Bowl is a failure. I mean, that's just a measure of when the Rooney's on a team, when Mike Tomlin's the coach. And that's just the reality. Like the Steelers ain't the Jaguars, you know? I mean, that's, that's what it is. It's a Super Bowl. But in reality, like the Steelers need to get back to winning playoff games. They got the hell kicked out of them the last two playoff games they played. Um, Cleveland came in and stomped them. Pouncey snapped the ball over Roethlisberger's head and it was over. And they got killed. And they got killed by the Jaguars the last time that they were in here. They gave up a, a gazillion points. Um, so... That, that being said, they've got to win a playoff game. I mean, Mike Tomlin has not won a playoff game in a long time. I think with this team, it'd be a success and it'd be a step in the right direction to simply win a playoff game. But if you walk around downtown Pittsburgh, you walk around the neighborhood and you say, and it, it still holds true in a town like this, what's success? People don't budge. They say the Steelers need to win the Super Bowl. About a minute here, Colin. Quickly on college football. Let's, let's take a pick question. And over under seven wins. Your thoughts on the Pitt Panthers this year and that win total? Pitt's like the Pirates to me. Like, I'll never believe it till I see it. They lose. You get your money's worth out of every Pitt ticket because it's just they, they lose or win every game, and it's just so back and forth and back and forth. But I never believe it till I see it. Although Kenny Pickett, their quarterback, is honestly really good. He, he's an NFL quarterback. Um, you, you're not going to get past Clemson. It's probably going to be tough to beat Miami, I would think. Although they got some a couple a couple nobodies to start the season. I think this is the year Pitt wins eight or nine games, so I would go over. Pitt over seven wins. We like it. Colin, always appreciate giving us a few minutes here, and uh, and we'll have to have you on the show again. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll talk Pirates, I'm sure. Right. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Especially as football season starts. That's what the people need. They need more Pirates talk. Is they, are they going to have the number one pick? Probably. They Probably, considering they just lost to the Dodgers last night. The 15th time in a row they've lost to the Dodgers, which is spectacular. Man, I tell you, Colin, that team is unwatchable, though. I, I do root for, uh, root for them. My, um, my wife's cousin is the bench coach, Don Kelly, out in Pittsburgh. Get out of here. Yes. Yeah. Neil Walker's uh, Neil Walker's brother-in-law, Don Kelly, one of the greatest guys you ever meet. Just yeah, absolutely he, a great, great guy. He's a good dude. I, I think he's a, a future manager. Colin, thank you for hopping on. We'll do this again soon. Absolutely. We'll do it. There he goes. Colin Dunlap, 93-7, the fan out in Pittsburgh. Yes. We didn't get any. We didn't get many pirates questions in there, Cody. There's a reason for that. They stink. Yeah, there is, but I do have a pirates hot take for you real quick. Oh, let's hear it. I'd watch out for the Pirates in three years. You have to understand. Keep something in mind. Currency in baseball is not money anymore. That is not currency. Currency in baseball is prospects. And right now, 
the Pirates have gained a lot of prospects in the last three years, so much so that it might come to fruition in the next couple of years. Their low A team and high A team are uh, run differentials are outmatching the league, and their the league is uh, three years older than their team. So that's yeah. a team you might want to look forward to in the next couple of years. Their GM, Neil Huntington, didn't, didn't get enough credit. He kind of built the uh, 2018 Red Sox farm system up, 2013, 18, and they fired him, brought in Dombrowski. He's pretty good. It, it's, I, I like that hot take. BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, Joe Giglio, Cody Decker. Best sports movies of all time. We hit on that next, right here on the BetQL Network.